Hey, Tabernacle. Uh, great to meet with you on this Sunday morning. Wanted to address something that might be interesting. Some of you may be thinking, uh, is Matt going to always shoot videos with other people? And what's funny is, as we're learning kind of how things work, just kind of how a lot of you, maybe with your jobs, are learning, is it possible to work from home? For some of you, it is. Uh, and for some of you, it's working in different ways and social, like we're learning new things in this environment. And what's very interesting is <laughs> we've learned that I am terrible at shooting video, okay? <laughs> Especially when I shoot it alone. For some reason, when I'm not interacting with someone, so how like David is on this video call, it feels more natural like David and I are having a conversation. Or like last week when I was teaching in my office with Pastor Kirby, we've realized that I am so much better on video with other people. And for some reason, when I'm alone, it's video that no one would want to watch. We <laughs> shot an announcement, what, two days ago, and we scrapped the whole thing because it was awful. And so just in general, we'll probably do more teaching and more interactions kind of together, either like this or if it's possible in person with maybe Pastor Kirby or someone else. But it's for your sake that we're doing more <laughs> Uh, uh, for the ease of everyone. And so that's, that's why we wanted to kind of address that uh, this morning as well. Uh, I thought one thing that would be great this morning is maybe kind of check in uh, with David and myself family-wise uh, and just kind of share with you how we're doing. Uh, I'll just share from me and then David, if you want to share kind of what, what's going on at the Johnson household, I think that'd be very helpful. For us, we're more or less kind of hunkered down um, trying to find the new normal. Kids are playing a lot of games. Uh, we're playing board games, video games, things like that. Uh, kids are reading and doing homework. We're trying to just uh, be together a lot and change up the monotony of it and basically kind of uh, exist together in a smaller space. Um, and uh, in addition to that, I wanted to mention a resource we have on our website, ourtabernacle.org. Nick Hubing had put up kind of uh, some tips, some suggestions, some insights into homeschooling. Now that a lot of us parents are at home with children at home during the school time, working from home, I just think it might be of value for many of you to take a peek at. So take a peek, ourtabernacle.org. You can see that there as well. What's going on uh, at your house, David? Yeah, so uh, we mentioned this in an update we posted earlier this week, but uh, we made the decision uh, to move my office uh, to my house, yeah. and uh, so I've got a full setup down here in, in my basement, actually, uh, uh, so I can work from home, and it's been cool, the technology to stay connected, and Pastor Matt and I uh, video conferencing uh, literally, like, all the time, so um, it's Maybe great Maybe a to... little too much. <laughs> It's great to still be connected and really feel like I'm still in the office. Um, so yeah, uh, uh, we're doing good. I think you know there's a level of stress and anxiety with uh, like COVID nineteen and and just what that means for us and and yeah. Kelly being pregnant and uh, no idea you know what what the CDC doesn't know what right. how the uh, that affects um, unborn children or pregnant mothers. So we're just playing it safe and um, uh, trusting in God to, to take care of us and, but also being wise and smart and 
Um, yeah. So yeah, we've, we've played a few games and, and things too. So trying to pass the time and, yep. and uh, take care of each other. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's wild because it feels like such a new time and a new experience for a lot of us. We're processing things and things are happening that maybe we thought could never happen here or that we never mm -hmm. expected to see. And it feels like in a little way, and I don't want to overhype it that more is happening. I don't want to make it a bigger thing than it's actually happening. But for a lot of us, we're processing through work. We're processing through income. We're processing through life. How do we stay together, but separated? How are we wise? All of these things. And I think what's interesting and what we're going to do this morning as we dive into God's word, what I think is fascinating is scripture is written by individuals and about individuals and i think sometimes we tend to separate kind of bible figures and almost like they're fictitious almost like they're larger than life and i mean jesus he is fully god so in some ways that's understandable but especially the other individuals in scripture they're going through life they're real people they have real emotions they have real problems they have real successes and so as we read through scripture, we can take encouragement when they suffer and things and they get through it, when they process, when they are joyful, when they celebrate, we can kind of connect that to our own lives. And what's amazing, uh, we've recently been in Philippians for like, for some folks, what feels like forever. In fact, I've heard comments for some people like, we're still in Philippians. We <laughs> haven't actually finished the book. And so as we're in Philippians, what's amazing is this connection. And even as I went back, uh, this last week and, and this week, looking at Philippians chapter four, it's absolutely amazing how applicable it is kind of to some of the things that we're going through. Now, there's a difference because Paul's going through persecution because of his faith, because of his Christianity. We're going through things not because of our Christianity, not because of our faith, but because of uh, a disease, because of a sickness that not a you know because of a sickness rather uh because of a pandemic that's going through uh our nation and so there's a little difference there but it's very applicable to think through paul's in this place right just to kind of recap philippians for a minute we know that he's in prison he's writing this letter to the church in philippi we believe he's in prison in rome and he's writing this letter uh when things are unknown he doesn't know what's going to happen he's basically on trial awaiting to see what's going to happen with his life uh and he thinks he's going to get out he thinks he's going to get back to see some folks we know that he actually doesn't even get out of prison and so it's just amazing as we read and we'll see that as we dive in how applicable philippians chapter 4 is to our lives great so uh previously we finished uh reading through verse 9 in chapter 4 so we're going to be picking up uh, Philippians 4 verse 10 and uh, where we read through the New Living Translation uh, we encourage you you know grab your Bible uh, grab the Bible app if if you have that and and read with us we're going to stay uh, right here in Philippians chapter 4 uh, the whole time this morning so uh, okay so starting in verse 10 Paul says this how I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again I know you have always been concerned for me but you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, 
whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Even so, you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty. That's loaded. I think that's the meat probably of what we're going to read this morning. Everything's good. It's, there's good stuff that we can get out of a lot of these things. But I think that this is the meat of what we are going to be talking about. And I think what's amazing, again, Paul is in prison because of his Christianity. And so it's not applicable in that sense. This is not applicable. But it is applicable in the sense that we see a Christian brother suffering. We see a Christian brother fearing maybe the unknown a little bit, concerned about what's going to be. And what's amazing in this time when many people are trying to get to the store, when many people are trying to hoard to make sure that they have enough things. Uh, I mean, even, even, even our family, we're trying to be wise. We're trying not to take from other people. And I think that's important as Christians. We want to make sure we're okay, but we want to make sure others are okay. And so we've tried to stock up. So we'll be okay for a couple of weeks. You know, if we can't get to a store, if we can't do things like we're, we're, we're not going to starve. But like with that in our minds, when he talks about like, I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it's with a full stomach or empty with plenty or little. And I feel how applicable is that to us now? Mm-hmm. We're worried about, is the government going to send us a check? We're worried about how are we going to make it? And this is a real thing. I'm not belittling it for a lot of us. This is the reality of how we're living right now. And we're worried about yeah. how are we going to do it? And Paul is saying, I've learned to be content. And this isn't a guy who's saying it who hasn't been there. He's in prison awaiting to see what's going to happen in his life. And he's saying, I've learned to be content even in those things. And I think for us, man, what an insight for us. What an opportunity to process that and to be encouraged by Paul's example. I think the other thing that's interesting to think about is, you know, Paul being in, you know, so awful situation being in prison like he was able to have god's point of view like he he focused on not you know the situation that he was in and and being frustrated being prisoned not being able to like go out and share the gospel or meet with people in the church um but he was able to have god's point of view and and being content in whatever situation god placed him in um and i think you know, sometimes we can get focused on um, things that we think we need or yeah. we have to have things a certain way. And when we're able to get God's perspective, a lot yeah. of those things feel a lot less important. You yeah. know, it's like all of a sudden we realize what's truly important. Um, you know, even for us as we're, we're trying to take church online, at first it can feel like, how are we ever going to do this if we can't meet together on a Sunday morning? Yeah. Now realizing, oh, wait, you know what? God is bigger than a building. The church is bigger than uh, a Sunday service, but, but it's about people and advancing the gospel. And, and God's given us the tools like this to um, continue to, to minister. And so I think when we get God's perspective, it, it really helps us not feel so afraid and, and maybe anxious, but also kind of gives us that sense of it's going to be okay, and we can be content with whatever God places us. Yeah, I think it's interesting that uh, sometimes it takes something drastic for that perspective to change, mm-hmm. you know. And I think for Paul, 
he was a guy who started out being well respected in Judaism, well, like a scholar, like within his communities as being kind of a top dog. And then to go and change so much and to not be the guy throwing people in prison, to become the guy being thrown in prison, you know, like he'd gone through such drastic change that even for us to process through so often we're discontent if I could just get some more, if I could just have more, if I could just get this, then I would finally be happy. Then I would finally be okay. And I think sometimes it's it's that drastic change or pain or uh, shift of focus that changes everything. And I think as much as I wish we weren't going through some of the things we were going through, um, as much as I wish we weren't having to do church this way, <laughs> I'm grateful we can do church this way. And I'm grateful for the things that I have. I'm trying to process through even things like my appreciation for family that I have, my appreciation for my wife and for my kids and for my mom who lives with us as well. Just kind of processing, processing, processing those things, um, I think is helpful. And I think Paul has that unique perspective of being on such big ends of the spectrum. And I think for us, even as a culture, even as a society, we're at this point where we can start to rethink those things that have brought us uh, satisfaction and a feeling of of making it in success. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Good. You know, he says, uh, verse 13, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. And yeah. I think for many people, that will be a verse that they've heard over and over again. And I think a lot of times it's kind of taken out of context. It tends to be one of those verses that I, I would people say, quote all I would the time. Say most of the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It, it is supposed to be encouraging. You know, Paul's yeah. saying in every situation, yeah. you know, wh- whether I have a full or empty stomach, you know, wherever right. God's placed me, I'm going to be okay because yeah. it's Christ who gives me the strength. But it clearly um, doesn't mean you can do whatever you want. And just because you dream it, it will be a success. Now, it's yeah. one thing to follow God-given dreams and things like that. If he's telling you to do something, he'll make that happen. But it's another thing to be like, I can do all things, as in just because I say it, it will happen. Paul is stuck in prison. And it's from right. prison that he's writing, I can do all things. It's from a place of waiting to see what's going to happen with my life. And we know, again, they're going to kill him. He's not going to make it. And that's the guy writing, I can do all things. And so I think it's perspective on that. But it's really helpful. And it's really encouraging to know that place of contentment and satisfaction comes from what Christ is doing. And really, if he's empowering, if he wills for Paul to get out of prison, he'll get out of prison. If he wills for Paul to have a full belly or an empty belly, it will happen, you know? And I think it's that perspective and understanding that's really, really helpful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's move on to kind of the next paragraph here. Uh, So starting in verse uh, 15. Yeah. As you know, you Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help when I first brought you the good news and then traveled on from Macedonia. No other church did this. Uh, even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent help more than once. I don't say this because I want a gift from you. 
Rather, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. Yeah. You know, uh, just some interesting things like uh, uh, in other letters, Paul talks about like not taking any financial help from the church for the sake of the gospel. You know, it's kind of like he he didn't want to be accused of preaching only to get money. He was like, no, the gospel is far more important. So, you know, I'm not going to ask for money. In fact, we know he was a tent maker. Like that was kind of how he supported his his mission a lot but there were there were churches that did support him financially and the church in philippi the philippian church was one of those and right you know it's interesting paul says like uh like thank you so much for your kindness thank you for taking care of me in my present difficulty you know he accepted the philippians gift because they gave it willingly you know and he he needed the help and so it's not like one or the other, uh, right? Uh, but but it's about our hearts, you know, when when we're giving, and, and they were generous and taking care of Paul. I think that's something that you see in the New Testament time and again, whereas before you kind of had an old law system on how to give, which can be helpful. And even we talk about tithing, and there, it's helpful to have this beginning standard. But really, it's about this heart of giving. Are you charitable with your heart? You know, and you think about the widow who gave that, what we usually say in modern terms, the penny into the offering. And Jesus said she gave more than everyone else because she gave everything she had. And I think it's connected to that kind of mentality that like Paul's appreciative because they willingly gave because it wasn't, it wasn't a suffering for them to Mm -hmm. do, at least a suffering of their heart. You know what I mean? It might've cost them something to give, but it wasn't like, it was a willingly giving. And it seems like the New Testament is time and again concerned with your heart in giving. And I think we see that again here in Philippians 4. Yeah. And I love just kind of the way he ended that verse. He's like, yeah, you know, I don't say this because, you know, I'm not sharing this because I want to get more from you, but rather I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. Like, right. I think right. part of the Philippian church's reward is that here we are 2000 years ago still reading about their kindness and their generosity. And I think it's true. Let me say something. Let me say something because you just said that and I've never thought about that. (laughs) You know, like you give to different groups and maybe they'll like put your name on like a brick. Like I I remember, was it the the dream playground? Even the tabernacle uh, gave to that. And we have the tabernacle uh, on a brick at that playground. And that's cool, right? It's not that we're like trying to brag about it. We're trying to flaunt anything. But it's kind of neat that you can go back and look and say, these are the people that made it happen. Man, we're 2,000 years in, and this dude's bragging about the church Mm -hmm. that blessed him, and we're reading about it now. I love that point, David. That's amazing. Yeah. So I think the encouraging thing for us is like when we give cheerfully, willingly, you know, when our hearts are in the right place, like God does bless us. And it yeah. doesn't always mean that he's going to like shower way more money on you or something like yeah. that. But a lot of times there are other spiritual benefits that God blesses us with when we're faithful to give and be generous and, and live like, like the Philippians here. That's good. That's good. That's really good. So moving on, uh, verse 18, uh, we'll kind of do 18 through 20 here. Uh, At the moment, I have all I need and more. I am generously supplied with the gifts you sent me with Epaphroditus. They are a sweet-smelling sacrifice, 
that is acceptable and pleasing to God. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Now all glory to God our Father forever and ever. Amen. Awesome. So let's just talk, let's just review for half a second, because I think we talked about Epaphroditus earlier in Philippians. Epaphroditus was an apostle that the Philippian church sent to minister to Paul that actually got sick while he was there and almost died. And Paul is sending him back. Uh, but he's talking about this gift uh, that came, these gifts and, and blessings that were sent. I think it's connected to the generosity that we just read about previously and that we just talked about. And so I think what a blessing uh, that they've been to him as an individual. And I do like that he talks about at the end of it, towards the end of it in verse 19, and this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. And I think the power of that, there's something amazing about how in control, how powerful, and how much God had. So I think it's even connected to when Paul's saying, I've become content, whether I have a full belly or an empty belly. I've become content if I have a lot or if I have a little. I've content if I can go out and have this freedom or if I'm on lockdown at home trying to stay sane. Because it's connected to understanding that God is still in control that it's God who takes care of us and that supplies all of our needs. God's still here and in control. God was in control even with Paul, even when he was suffering in prison and the outlook maybe didn't look super great. And he's kind of like thinking, where are you at? You know, uh, And I think there's some encouragement for all of us in that. What a powerful passage for us to process. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a little reference here when he says, uh, they're a sweet smelling sacrifice. Like you know, it. it's, it's reminiscent of, you know, sacrifices in the Old Testament. Like there was, you know, specific sacrifices that were all about the aroma that would come mm. up as, and, and the scripture talks about being a, a pleasing smell, you know, to the Lord. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think Paul's saying that his, their gifts to, to him were necessarily like, a specific offering in the Old Testament, but, <laughs> but he, the the connection right. is interesting. You know, when we are generous, when we take care of each other, like God is pleased, and and oh, he good. he loves that. Man, that's good. That's really good. So then, our our final section here, uh, ending the book of Philippians, uh, says this: uh, Give my greetings to each of God's holy people, all who belong to Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me send you their greetings, and all the rest of God's people send you greetings too, especially those in Caesar's household. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. I like the way it ends. I like the way it ends because it's really showing unity within the church, it's, and that's something we've talked about and preached about and believe in as a church for the past many years. I've been about it for over a decade now, you know? Mm -hmm. I feel like I talk about it all the time. We do, for example, so much with Axe Church, but even beyond Axe Church in the larger Kenosha area, we do so much with different churches and pastors. In fact, since all of uh, this COVID-19 stuff started happening, 
I have had more interaction with the pastors in Kenosha. I mean, I'm talking to them every single day, talking about how can we help each other as a church? What are the things we can be doing? How are you guys holding up? I mean, we're voice conferencing, we're talking every single day. And it's been amazing. And I love this picture because I feel like this is a less technological picture of that. It's saying greetings from the church in Rome even the believers in Caesar's household. It's amazing as Christianity had spread so far that Christianity is starting to even get into the household of Caesar himself. Like the gospel the is government. going out. It can't even be stopped. And it's amazing. Yeah. And then they're reaching out. They're understanding that it's not just the Roman church. It's the church. And I think for us, it's not just the tabernacle. Yes, the tabernacle is its own church and we need to care for each other. But we also need to care for our city, for our community. We need to care about the other churches doing similar things that we're doing. And I feel like I'm greeting these churches on a regular basis. And it feels so similar to me in this context that like as he's there, he's saying greetings from the church here. We're connected. We're part of one body that is the church. And I find that to be so encouraging. And what a way to kind of wrap up this encouraging letter that he wrote to the philippian church yeah we're we're in this together it's awesome and uh it's it's so encouraging like matt's has said to connect with other churches in our city uh shout out to pastor kirby and pastor Britt and pastor andy uh you know and there's definitely been others and um just the way that you know, we've encouraged each other and continue to support and send each other ideas, you know, as we're all figuring out how to minister and continue to reach our community with the love of Christ. Sure. Um, we're better together. We're, we're better together. And I think God's pleased uh, when we work together. It's funny, as you listed the churches, I even flinched a little bit because I'm thinking of the ones that you're leaving out because there's so yeah. many churches we're doing stuff with. But I take that as an encouragement just that we're not alone and we're really trying to listen to the Holy Spirit, listen to what he wants us to do in the city and try to work together as a team, work together. And we're so much better for it. And what a blessing, what an encouragement. And so um, I think Philippians has been great. I think what a blessing to be able to finally, listen, we did it. <laughs> we did it. We got through the four chapters. It only took us I don't even know how many months, okay? Uh, but we finally got through Philippians. I hope you actually had been able to read through it. And if you never did, read through it a couple of times, especially in this season. It is such a letter of encouragement to a church that was doing really great things. And I think we can be encouraged by that big time. But I think kind of just to recap and kind of just give some final encouraging uh, words and maybe even kind of metaphorically land the plane this morning, uh, I just want us to encourage each other. I feel like in Philippians, it's been a constant encouragement. Paul is writing to a church of people that he loves and that he wants to encourage in the faith. And we see that. And listen, you be encouraged. Be encouraged if you're at home, if you're at home alone, if you're at home with family, if you're, uh, you know, depending on who you're hunkering, that roommates, whatever it might be, be encouraged. Be encouraged. God is in control. God loves you. He loves his church. He loves this community. Be encouraged. And a few other things, and you can even jump in on some of this, David, is we want to encourage you to help each other out. 
We read about the Philippian church, right? They sent Epaphroditus, this, uh, uh, this apostle, to minister to Paul. They're realizing the needs of different people in the church. How do we help each other out? And maybe some practical things that we kind of want to go through. One, I'll just say this, and then David, you can jump in with a few, is check in on one another. Mm -hmm. Some of you are already in family groups and we're developing ways we've mentioned already to connect our family groups in an online way. But even outside of that, you're connected with individuals in the church. Reach out. Are you doing okay? Are you, can I pray for you? Um, are you stuck and can't get out? Do I need to drop off groceries? I know we want to be careful with social distancing. We want to be careful to not cause more harm than good. But in what ways can we be a blessing to each other? Help each other out. What else do you got, David? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, even for us, we've taken the time to make some FaceTime calls and yeah. and connect with uh, some of our uh, close family and and friends and. I think it's so encouraging that we, though we, uh, you know, should be social distancing and, and doing our best to, to love people from a distance, we can have uh, close, you know, FaceTime calls and, and, and connect with people and encourage people that way. So yeah, I just encourage you to send some texts, uh, make some calls, set up some yeah. FaceTimes, uh, maybe even write some letters. Uh, you know, there's, there's ways to, to reach out. I won't out. be doing that. Okay. No, no one wants to get a letter from me and I don't want to write them, but I can FaceTime or text. Okay. But if that's you, yeah, do it. Totally. Totally. Yeah. 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 You know, I think, I think even in this social distancing conversation, you know, it can feel almost not Christian. Like, wait, aren't we supposed to gather? Aren't we supposed to, you know, uh, do that? But, but I think really, um, following the guidelines that were being given by the CDC, by the government, like uh, when we make decisions to not go out and, and not be face to face with people, it is actually the most loving thing to do. Yeah. Um, you're, it you're feels very, it feels very unintuitive, doesn't it? Yeah. Like we're, we feel like the strangest thing is sometimes the most loving thing is doing nothing and removing but as we remove, let's not completely disconnect. We can still, let's say we can't physically meet with you. We can still send a text. We can still FaceTime. We can still, and listen, contact us. We've been encouraging you. Reach out to us. Tell us how you're doing. We've got actually quite a few responses from our last announcement. I'll be honest with you. I want to hear more. How are you doing? How yeah. are you doing? I want to know this. I'm stressing out. Listen, we're doing fine. We're doing great. I'm still doing this. I'm working. I'm not working. I want to know how you're doing. I've gotten some updates from some folks and it's been such a blessing and encouragement. And so it's that idea like we're, we've been saying and what David was saying is we're disconnecting, but we're also staying connected and we're reaching out in maybe more clever ways or different ways that we can. I know even I mentioned this before, my mom, we're socially distancing from her because I don't want to get her sick. She lives with us. And so she's downstairs in the same house that's completely like her own apartment area, but I'm trying to FaceTime with her every single day, once or twice, and really stay connected. Are you okay? Praying for you. And the, the communication line is still there. It's just really weird to be uh, FaceTiming her in the same house. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it's, I mean, we can be clever. We can think of things that we can do, but let's not, let's not disconnect 
as we disconnect, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think maybe and, one more thing, the process too, uh, we're just trying to think of ways that we can be an encouragement and, and follow through on some of these things that Paul has been encouraging us even in Philippians is to even meet the needs of the poor. So there might be some people around you, there might be a neighbor, there might be friends, there might be people in your family group. It's a crazy time, an unknown time in terms of paying rent, jobs. I mean, we wouldn't have predicted this two weeks ago. Everything's flipped on its head. How can we be a blessing to those that are in need? And so yeah. I think as a church and as the larger church, we can try to do what we can, but even as individuals within the church, how can we be a blessing to our neighbor, to members in our family group? And I think we saw an example of giving that was very generous and loving and with a grateful heart. And how can we do the exact same as a church? And so yeah. be praying about that. Think about that in a real practical yeah. way. I think about the church in Acts chapter two, and it says that they shared everything they had. Yeah. You know, and I think this, this is an opportunity for us to, though we can't, you know, invite a bunch of people over to our house. We have to think differently of how Very we, differently. how we share, but um, it's an opportunity for us to care for each other. And I think when you're faced in situations like this, it, it tests how, how much do you really care? Yeah. You know, are are we willing to make some sacrifices for each other um, to take care of each other? And I think, you know, when we do that, like God is so pleased um, with, with our love and uh, so, yeah, I just want to encourage you to do that. And uh, yeah, we love you. You know, if there's any way we can help, uh, please reach out to us, uh, stay connected, follow us on social media and our website, and we'll keep posting updates and uh, yep. trying to help you stay connected. So let me pray for you as we kind of wrap up and close. And then I have one final statement. Uh, to kind of say after that. So let me pray for you. And then I'm going to say one quick thing. So Jesus, we pray for everyone uh, at home, uh, wherever they are. I pray that you would be with us. I pray that we could tangibly know the presence of your Holy Spirit, even now and in the next week. May we know that you're with us, that you're for us. Help us to have this contentment that Paul had that seems unattainable. Help us to be wise. Help us to love each other. Help us to be generous. Lord, may your spirit go before us in these crazy times. We pray this all in your holy name. Amen. Amen. So one final thing, David, when you move around a little bit over your, your shoulder, something keeps popping up and I do not like it. I do not like it at all. And I thought we would fix everything. <laughs> And just go out on that, okay? I feel like that is much better, and I feel like we just did it right, okay? So I'll be praying for you. Go Bears. We like Chicago. Uh, it's going to happen. We love you. We'll be in touch. Go Pack Go. <laughs>